Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara. California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today, we're going to continue our study in this great letter, the book of First. Peter. Now, if you missed last broadcast, we just got underway, and we spoke a little bit about 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2. Now, you might not remember, or maybe you missed it, so let me repeat that this book, of course, this letter, was written by Peter, directed by the Holy Spirit of God, the great apostle Peter, that man with boldness and zeal, that powerful preacher, and he's writing from probably Babylon, if you look at what he writes in chapter 5, verse number 13. Now, some Bible commentators say he wrote this around A.D. 60, and that might be. I'm not sure. Nobody is sure of that necessarily, the date, but he's writing to what he describes as these scattered strangers. So he's writing to saved people who are scattered throughout the region of modern-day Turkey. He mentions five different locations, Pontius, Galatia, Capitol, Asia, and then Bithynia. And so he's writing to these believers that are strangers. What a reminder that is. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through. So we don't put our roots down too deep here. We're strangers, pilgrims, if you will, and not permanent residents. All right. Peter's letter is largely practical. He deals a lot with suffering, and he uses the sufferings of Jesus Christ to teach us how we ought to handle and we ought to face and we ought to endure our own seasons of suffering. Now, that's going to happen to every one of us. We live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen world. We live in a difficult world. And in this world, we are going to suffer. We'll suffer persecution. We'll suffer physical problems. We'll suffer mental anguish. We will suffer. It's just going to happen. Jesus suffered. And nothing you and I face will ever compare to the sufferings of Christ. But yet he gave us that perfect example, the way that he handled his sufferings. And Peter uses that to give us some principle here in this first epistle, this general epistle of Peter. James and Peter had that in common. Now, I said James. James wrote a general epistle, if you remember those studies, and now Peter's doing the same. He's not writing to a specific place or a specific church, but rather to a scattered group of people throughout a region of the world. Last broadcast, we spoke about the fact that we are the elect according to the foreknowledge of God, and that's not a scary thing. That's definitely not what they call Calvinism. That's not a Calvinistic thing. That's a Bible thing. God elected us. How? He elected us in Christ when Christ died for whosoever will, and we got saved. We became part of that elect crowd. He elected the nation of Israel. He chose them. He chose the uh, body of Christ, if you will. He's calling out a bride for Christ, and when you get born again, one of them whosoever's, and you call upon the name of the Lord, you're part of that crowd. And the Bible says that we've been sanctified by the Spirit, made positionally right with God, the righteousness of Christ imputed or put on our account, and now because of the blood of Christ being sprinkled upon the mercy seat, we have that hope, and we're to live an obedient life, a life that pleases God. We're not saved by living obediently, but we ought to be living obediently because we're saved 
saved. Now we come down to verse number three, and this is our new verse for today. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're already starting out with some doctrinal truth here. Our God is one, but he's God in three persons, blessed Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. So now he says, blessed be the God and Father, Jehovah God of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant, look what it says, what a blessing, abundant mercy. He came to give life and that more abundantly. He has abundance of power and abundance of love and abundance of wisdom, but I'm glad he also has abundance of mercy. Mercy, mercy is me not getting what I do deserve. I deserve to die and I didn't die. I deserve hell and I don't have to go there. I deserve his wrath and it won't be poured out upon me because of what Jesus did. That's a abundant mercy neighbor we sing that song sometimes we nothing my wife sings that i can't sing a lick but my wife will sing it uh mercy walked in and pleaded my case right thank god called to the stand god's saving grace the blood was presented that pardoned my sin thank god that was a good day wasn't it? and then it wraps it up forgiven when mercy walked in and i'm glad that god showed us abundant mercy in the person of the lord jesus christ and the bible said hath begotten us again that's the same phrase as saying he birthed us again we're born again that's not by the way an old foggy southerner term that's bible begotten begotten us again same thing as born again john chapter number three you must be born again Again, you have to have two births. One birth uh, gets you. Uh, it's a, one birth, you'll die twice. Two births, you'll die once. Right? Born again, not just born of the water, but born of the spirit. And when you're born again, you're born again unto a. Here it says in First Peter three one three, a lively hope, a living hope, an animated hope, a, a hope that has some substance to it, some vitality in it. How? What is that hope? It's by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Why do I have hope today? Because there's an empty tomb outside of Jerusalem. They laid the Lord's body there, but it didn't stay. He didn't stay dead. He got up and he walked out. And because I know he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives... Thank God for that. I have hope beyond this life. I have hope beyond the grave. The Bible refers to it as a blessed hope. Because he lives, listen, he promised he'd come again and get me. And I'm looking forward to Jesus coming soon. I'm glad we have a lively hope. But not only that, verse 4 is a wonderful verse. I don't have just that hope that I won't have to taste death. I won't have to fear the grave. But I'm looking forward to something beyond the grave. There's glory and there's good beyond the grave. It says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you the thoughts continued here god has not only begotten us again to a lively hope but he's begotten us again to an incorruptible undefiled that fadeth not away inheritance god has not just chosen to save us but he's also chosen to give us an eternal inheritance that isn't taxable. Say amen right there. It doesn't wear out. It won't rust. It won't diminish. You won't have to worry about losing value in it. But thank God it's always going to be what it is, and it's reserved 
in heaven for you. Now, that's a good verse right there on eternal security. When I got saved, God already stored up for me an inheritance. And I've got this word right here. He's reserved my inheritance. It's already waiting on me. I travel a little bit more than I want to, to be honest with you. I travel about every week or every other week somewhere to preach. And I love to preach, and I love church, and I love the people of God, but I love it here more. <laughs> but I'll travel, and I'll get to a place, and uh, they'll take me to the hotel, and I'll go up to the front desk, and there at the hotel, I'll say, um, I have a reservation. What that means is, supposedly, I've got a room with my name on it already. I haven't been in that city, but thank God the news has been sent ahead. I'm coming. And I don't pay for that room. The church usually does. And so somebody's gone ahead of me and secured it. I didn't have to secure it. They secured it. They paid for it. They put my name on it. I just showed up, said, here am I. My name, gave it to them, and found out I had a room reserved. I have an incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away kind of inheritance in heaven right now reserved for me like that. By that, I mean I have not been there yet, but my name's on it. I didn't secure it, but my name's on it. I don't even have to pay for it, but my name is on it. And one of these days, I'm going to get to heaven. And thank God when I get there, and that Lamb's Book of Life is read in my name, I say, roll call, Justin Cooper. And I say, here, my inheritance will be presented. Christian today, you ought to take courage, you ought to take comfort, you ought to rejoice in the fact that you and I have been begotten again to a lively hope. You've got hope today. Thank God for power over the grave. Thank God for the resurrection of Christ. But we don't just have that to look forward to. We have an inheritance already reserved in heaven waiting with your name on it. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.